Okay, so today we are going to talk about dirty fighting techniques. So these techniques are things I don't want you to do, but I want you to be aware of them so you know how to change your behavior, how to say and do things differently so that you can actually resolve some issues. So as always, get a pen, piece of paper, a pencil ready, because here we go. So there are several dirty fighting techniques I'm going to go over with you today. Uh, one of them, uh, and I'm just going to pick a couple at random, and I'm quite sure um, we do a lot of these, but I'm picking sort of the top techniques that I see often when I'm working with clients, when I'm working with couples and families. So uh, one of the things I see quite often is uh, sort of what we call brown bagging, and that is we try to list as many problems in as much detail as possible and not stick to the original issue. And, and it looks like this. You could be talking with someone and arguing about something. And the whole time you list a whole litany of details and all of those details, which are nice, but they have nothing to do with the issue at hand. The issue at hand could be what's the best type of peanut butter to purchase? However, all the details that you're listing could be about the jelly, the bread, uh, the day and times that peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are eating, eaten, um, how many are made, uh, how to make it, whether you put the peanut butter on top or the jelly on top. So that's how we sort of brown bag and not really discuss the real issue, which is what type of peanut butter to purchase. We spend most of our time talking about everything else. That's a way of sort of fighting dirty and that you will never get a chance to resolve the issue because you're not talking about the issue, okay? One of the other things that we tend to do is called overgeneralizing. And so overgeneralizing means when you use words like always and never, um, and I'm quite sure that's something that many of us do and probably don't realize we're doing it, but sometimes when we're talking to someone, we'll say things like, you always do this, or you never do that, or you always are into this. Um, when we use words like always and never, that's actually not accurate, meaning it doesn't always or never happen. Um, typically, what happens is that there are times when there's, you know, we may do something sometimes or more often than not, we may engage in a particular behavior that we uh, that's not like by the other individuals. But there's never a situation where something always um or never happens. Uh, so I just want you to be aware of that and be mindful of how to sort of change your thinking around that, how to think and, you know, um, work through those, you know, times when you're having this conversation and it starts out or ends up with overgeneralizing when you're doing things differently around that. One of the other things that we typically see is sometimes people may over-exaggerate and um, sometimes when we over-exaggerate, we'll say, if you really loved us, you would never have done whatever it may be. All right. So that's sort of not fair. Um, and in fact, um, because someone has a particular behavior doesn't necessarily mean, mean that they don't love you or they don't like you or they don't want to be with you. A good example of that would be 
a mom or dad who chooses to stay at work late or they choose to go out with co-workers after work instead of coming straight home. The other spouse may use that as an opportunity to say, hey, you always do that. So I'm going to assume that means you don't want to be around us. In fact, you may not want to be in this relationship or be a parent or be in this marriage because you're always going out with your friends after work. That would be a time when you're over exaggerating. And in fact, that won't be accurate because you don't know why the person is doing what they're doing. Um, you know, asking more questions would be a better option. That way you'll know what's exactly what's going on. Okay. Um, one of the other things that happen quite often, um, and that is sometimes we're being very sarcastic. And being very sarcastic could be, for instance, uh, a husband, a wife, or family member may say something to an individual. Okay? When you say something to an individual, um, and the other individual don't like it, you may get a response that says, oh, well, you're so smart. You're just right. You know everything, don't you? No one can tell you anything. That would be an uh, example of someone being very sarcastic. And that's something you want to be careful of. You never want to get in a situation where you're being sarcastic because what happens then you're not going to resolve the issue because you're not going to talk about it. What you'll begin to talk about is the sarcasm and what the conversation will be about, what the emotions and feelings will be about is how sarcastic the other individual is and how that makes the other person feel. So you want to be very careful with that. That's something that you want to... If all possible, stay away from, shy away from that as much as possible. One of the other things I see often is that, you know, in families and couples, what we will do is we will use the children. And what that means is this. Um, what you may do is say, you know, if you spent more time with the children, the child or children won't be doing X, Y, and Z, whatever that may be. Maybe a behavior, maybe something that they're saying, doing, whatever the case may be. So you'll use the children as a way of saying the reason why the children are acting this way because you don't spend time with them. So therefore, this is the result of it. This is how they're performing because you're not spending time with your with the children. Um, so you want to be careful that when you disagree, you don't necessarily have to bring in the children. In fact, you don't want to do that. The children see a lot. And in another podcast, we'll talk more about what happens with the child, how they actually, you know, interpret, internalize, and how that affects the whole family when mom, dad, 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 mom, mom are just arguing and not getting along. Okay. Uh, one of the other things that typically happens is that sometimes uh, we may use relatives, not just children, but relatives. And the way we do that is we'll say things like, when you do that, you remind me of your mother or you act just like your father or you act just like an individual in your family that that person don't like, don't care for, don't get along with, not interested in getting to know better. Uh, so that's something you want to stay away from, because, again, that's a way of fighting dirty. You're not going to resolve the issue um, when you continue to do that. OK, um, one of the other things I want to mention here as well is leaving. Now, leaving is unique because leaving doesn't necessarily just mean physically leaving the room. 
if you're discussing something with someone, if you're trying to resolve an issue and you get up and you just leave the room, that's not what I'm just talking about. I'm also talking about leaving in respect of not responding, not saying anything, um, focusing on something else, choosing not to communicate, not to talk about whatever the issue is. Um, that's another form of leaving. So when you leave, again, you don't give e either of you an opportunity to resolve the issue. And it just sits there and it festers and it gets worse. And then you go away and you come back later and it's still not resolved. Uh, so you, that's something that you want to be careful of as well. Uh, there's another one, playing the martyr. Sometimes... Um, an individual may uh, do one or two things. So sometimes being the martyr means saying something out of your mouth, meaning, you know, verbally saying something like um, if the individual is saying something that you don't like, you'll say, you're right, dear. I'm hopeless. I can't stop. I, this is what I do. Um, I must be a sick person. I must be an angry person. Um, so you just play into it. You're, you're taking the hit. You're, you know, essentially being the martyr for whatever the issue is. That's one way of doing that. The other way of being the martyr is what's being portrayed with your body language. You can actually be having a conversation with someone and all of a sudden decide, hey, it's time to cry. So you begin to cry, you begin to sob, and that's something that you continue to do over and throughout the conversation, meaning you never resolve the issue at hand. Because what you're doing is you're crying and you're sobbing and you're dealing with your feelings around what's going on. Um, that's another way that an individual may play the martyr. Again, when that happens, you're not resolving anything. You may try to resolve something. You may want to resolve something, but it's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, pulling rank is another. Pulling rank, you can see that uh, two ways as well. You can see that with an individual who may make more money than another individual. Uh, and when they do that, they feel that they get the right to make all of the decisions or most of the decisions or have the final say because they're making most of the money. Uh, you may also see that um, in terms of roles in a relationship. And sometimes we will pour rank based off of our religious beliefs. If we believe, for instance, that the man is the head of the household, like Christ is the head of the church, we may tend to. Uh, pull rank and may not pay attention to our spouse's wishes, may not pay attention to what they want, may not heed their advice so that we don't mess ourselves up, so that we're making better decisions. And as a result of that, um, pulling rank is something that we would do to not have the conversation, not resolve the issue, and nothing, nothing happens. It just sits there. It doesn't get resolved. All right. And final, so finally, I want to kind of just bring up one more uh, item that happens more often than that. See how I use that kind of play on uh, what we talked about earlier. Um, so one of them, uh, this last item is called timing, timing. And so what I mean by timing is this. Sometimes we will choose to have a conversation with someone when it's very inconvenient. We have something very important we want to talk about, either finances could be sex. It could be around resolving conflict, communication, a decision needs to be made in reference to the children, a reference to the relationship, reference to our career, anything. 
And we want our spouse's input. We want our significant other's input and advice. And so sometimes we may pick the wrong time and we may decide, all right, I want to have this conversation and I want to have it now, which means I don't care that you're watching your favorite show. I want to have this conversation right now. I don't care if you're cooking. I don't care if you're doing a lawn. I don't care if you're painting. I don't care if you're reading. I don't care if you're on the phone with someone else. Now's the time for us to have this conversation. And because you don't want to have this conversation, when I want to have this conversation, therefore the conversation will die. We won't have it. This issue won't be resolved. It'll still be sitting out there. So be very careful of that. Okay. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in uh, to Conversations with a Black Male Couples Therapist. My name is Ashton Morgan. I'm a licensed clinical marriage and family therapist. And I look forward to speaking to you soon.